Hi, I'm Ricardo Deacon. And I'm Orla McNeilis. And this is The Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to pick movies the other hasn't seen and we meet to discuss that movie. Today's film is Martha Marcy May Marlene from 2011, directed by Sean Dorkin, produced by Antonio Campos, Patrick S. Cunningham and Josh Mond, written by Sean Dorkin, starring Elizabeth Olsen, John Hawks, Sarah Paulson and Hugh Dancy. Music by Danielle Bensi and Sonder Jurians. Cinematography by Jody Lee Lipes. Edited by Zachary Stewart Pontier. The IMDb synopsis is Haunted by painful memories and increasing paranoia, a damaged woman struggles to reassimilate with her family after fleeing an abusive cult. I nearly I mispronounced like that. that last word there <laughs> to one that has it's an fine. N in the it's middle. Not, it's not an important word. Well, like it uh. actually would be. Um, <laughs> matching to the spirit of this movie but, um, indeed uh, this week's film was picked by orla uh-huh. uh, so as it is tradition orla why did you pick this movie um i picked it because when this came out i watched it in 2011 i think whenever it came out and i was actually really surprised by it because even though like it has a really good really creepy trailer but it's the kind of film where it you kind of feel like it's going to fall into like horror tropes and going to kind of fall apart in its last third. It I just I don't know. I I didn't have very high expectations of it and then when I actually saw it it really surprised me and blew me away in a lot of ways. Um at the same time I don't think this is a perfect film. Um it is a debut there are problems with it, which I'm sure we'll get into, but um, I think it's successful in a lot of ways and it has a very interesting mood, tone and some really, really cracker performances. Um, I think I, I didn't like realise that this film was actually quite divisive at the time, which I didn't realise, um, which kind of makes sense really well, it because... It has like a 90% rating on Ryan Tomatoes. Yeah, but there are, there's some notable critics that like really quite disliked it and we just didn't like A.O. Scott didn't like it which is kind of interesting but, yeah but um, A.O. Scott has the most uh, weird he, he fucking he does he's a weird man yeah but uh, his book is very good but um A.O. <laughs> it, I kind of understand though because it is that kind of twisty psychological thriller type thing and actually when I was thinking about um for for like re-watching it I kind of thought of um uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane and how that was kind of divisive and it was a similar kind of um have you seen 10 Cloverfield Lane no but I know kind of the ending and I know sort of the, the general um I, I listened to an awful lot of very spoilery reviews because I was kind of put off of it by the whole Cloverfield angle um but uh yeah it kind of made me think of that and, and similar sort of themes of of kind of like a lone female and being trapped and having a kind of an ambiguous ending as well so um yeah, I thought we'd have a lot to unpack, and uh, I thought it'd be a good one to discuss. So, Ricardo, what did you think of it? Well, uh, there's a running theme that you say that I'm <laughs> incredibly frustrated over. The thing that I hate the most. <laughs> oh, my God. Is... Oh, my God. I literally wrote this down. I was like, Ricardo's going <laughs> to hate it, but love it, but hate that he loves it, and love that he hates it, and it's going <laughs> to... You're getting ahead of yourself, Orla. Sorry. The, there's a current team, and I thought that you had picked the movie precisely because of that. 
that I get really frustrated when a movie is really, really close to being perfect in my eyes. Like, obviously, it's not perfect altogether. It is just a objective, no, a subjective view of the movie. Yeah. But with this movie, that didn't happen. Because I don't think it's even close of being a masterpiece. <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's a, a masterpiece. I think it's a good movie that could have been a very good movie. Yeah. Uh, part of it is what I bring myself to the movie. And as a film critic, I should be able to tone that down. But in current climate, let's say filmmaking climate, not political or any other. <laughs> We're not going to do that road today. Is that yeah. I'm not very interested on cult movies anymore. Yeah. It's been very overdone. And this movie says the same thing as movies from the 60s and 70s to movies coming out now or the TV show with... Uh, uh, fucking Jesse Pinkman and yeah but I the, I've seen the first half of this first season of that and I think this is a lot stronger than that yeah like I'm not saying that it is uh, not stronger than that yeah. but I mean that it's a story that has been told an awful lot yeah I would go as far as saying that the the film that interested me even more when it comes to that topic is the Kevin Smith movie Red State <laughs> because it's different <laughs> even though it's a worse <clears throat> movie yeah it is different yeah and that's why it has Michael Parks and I love John Hawkins but Michael Parks John is Hawks. just weird sorry I love John Hawks <laughs> but it's, I don't think that the performances uh, throughout the movie I don't think the entire cast is great on this movie yeah I also have like a lot of issues throughout the movie of not things that I would do differently but I th- things that I don't think that would work even though it was the correct decision to go that on that route I do yeah. agree that the movie could have very easily turned into funny games or something at the yeah, end yeah yeah that's uh, that that is what I expected whenever I went I sat down to watch it but at the same time I think the even the structure of the movie and the, what you mentioned of being a, a, a first-time directorial debut yeah. for a feature film, <clears> that <throat> I think that the, the filmmaking style is quite modeled throughout the movie, especially the use of flashbacks that in some places it works really, really well and in other places it doesn't. Yeah, And it is because of his choice of when to cut back and how to cut back, which we will get into. Yeah, But... Yeah, I liked it, but I, I I, can't see how it could be divisive because there's no way of denying that it is a good movie. Yeah. But I don't think that, like, between saying... I, I think that I could be coming down at the lowest, lo- the lowest side of the spectrum when it comes to judging this movie as it, po- it possibly can be. I think that I... What do you mean by that? That it's... I think that I... I like the movie as little as it possibly be unliked because it is so well crafted and <laughs> the flaws are so minimal. It's just an accumulation of flaws yeah. that makes the, the viewing experiencing, sorry, the view, the viewer experience less enjoyable than I wanted. Well, not less enjoyable because that's something that I also get to is that I wanted to be more uncomfortable watching this movie. Yeah. And I think that the there are correct scenes to create that. And then I don't say that he should have gone off the rails and make it into some kind of gelato horror movie. Yeah, no. But um, I think it's that it, because some scenes don't work for that, once you don't have the accumulation of tension, 
mm. it, it falls on its own weight kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, see, what I kind of liked about this was that <clears throat> I felt that they managed to keep the tension pretty much consistent despite uh, several, a few scenes, which I'll get to, which are kind of uh, based around the same problem, which I'll get to as well. But um, I did feel that the tension was maintained throughout between both locations uh, despite the fact that the film sort of rises and falls with its dramatic not set pieces but you know dramatic instances say so uh, despite the fact that it is obviously building to something where she is becoming more and more paranoid and more and more um, confused and more and more muddled and that the film becomes more and more muddled but at the same time I feel like after each it, it's not kind of it doesn't end in a in a very big showdown which when they're in the house and the murder takes place I was at that point quite afraid that we were about to go off the rails and that would have really disappointed me and the fact that the movie kind of like comes back down but still maintaining that same level of just uneasy you know like and through a variety of um, like filmmaking methods, through performance, through like um, how it's shot and everything, like I, I for me, that's why it really worked. It's more that scenes that are meant to creep you out. Yeah. Don't, for example, when she meets the the guy, the bartender in the party, which is a cult member. Yeah. I didn't get freaked out because it's something that even the murder scene, the way that it's played out, it is pure Michael Haneke kind of like yeah. cachet or funny games. See, I like that scene up until the actual violence. Yeah, I, I, I kind of liked it up to that moment, but because everything, there's parts in this movie that are completely unique. Yeah. And then you go into that scene and it just feels that any indie director yeah it's funny i feel i wrote this down whenever i was watching it for the second time i feel like you could make this movie without any of those home invasion scenes and still have the fear of them coming to get her like i i don't i don't know necessarily what role they play and i think them leaving the farm as well, well is it, kind of i think that the the the, the murder scene what it shows is that uh, the cult actually kills is not just a, a, one of these uh sugar cults that just stay by their own stay by their lane and they just be cooking and crazy and just yeah, abuse that, themselves that that they... is an, an anomaly as well though that yeah, but it's it's, it's just for the the fear that she, they might get home invaded themselves. Uh, the uh, Hugh Dance's character and Sarah Paulson's character might end up dead, and I think it is the idea of the director to create that feeling in the audience, that, and then subvert that idea at the end. Yeah, and I think that is a cheap trick. Yeah, because anyways, without that scene the ending would have subverted your expectations yeah. of the movie just, just by having the car yeah. and having and it being quite ambiguous as well like or if you just showed the scene after the 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 crime yeah if you cut that out but leave the plot point that is people explain to each other why this person should have died and how beautiful death is and yeah for marcy to get over it and i think that would have worked a lot more yeah, because even though I love John Hawks, that uh, that scene is just him playing the 
you know, oh, I'm a badass, but I don't need to be a badass kind of yeah. thing. Well, it's the just, rest of the movie, his when, performance is way more interesting. <clears throat> yeah, than that. like, I mean, this, like, I think this film works when, when it is really working and everything is working together. It's when the threat is quiet and when it is completely implied, but wrapped up in something else, like in the scene where he plays the song, which is one of the most frightening, creepy moments of the entire um that truly encapsulates um because i think that was this one of the strengths of this film as well and i agree with you that the whole cult thing is definitely very overdone but that not that this takes a different approach to it but it just it the way it shows the psychological manipulation of of because the whole thing of cults and and a normal person never believing that they could ever and, you know, they could never be brought, taken in by it. And, you know, that's the same kind of thing you see of, like, Scientology or whatever, where people look at it and go, like, that could never happen to me. And I think this does a very, uh, it's very well um, constructed in how it shows how a young, like, slightly damaged person, how they end up sucked in. So it was how she ends up being brought in makes complete and utter sense. I completely disagree with you. Really? I think that I could understand the, the position of the character basically because of exter- external reading points like uh, The Science of Belief, the Alex Gibney Scientology movie. Yeah. Uh, I think that if I hadn't seen that documentary, which came out after this movie, I wouldn't have an understanding of the character. Really? Yeah. Interestingly enough, the director's uh, pitch to make the movie was in a, a document. Sorry, a documentary, a short movie that uh, got into Sundance and the other American festivals. Yeah. Which was about uh, uh, the character the with the curly hair, the the girl that comes in. Oh, the blonde girl. No, the girl that. Uh, the Elizabeth Olsen indoctrinates that she is oh, the first. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is a, <clears throat> a short movie with that actress doing the same part. Yeah. About uh, her being brought into the to the cult and how that plays out. In the movie, he completely skipped that part. And I think that emotional part, you can understand the part of falling in love with with uh, the, the cult leader, but also feel that he loves you even though there's no need there's no equal footing there in that relationship but i don't see the why she would do that in the first place even though it's alluded to you don't find that like because i think the strength of like for me the strength of the scenes at the lake house are not just that it's a creepy location and it's creepily shot it's the small hints that you're given through her relationship with her sister and i think sarah paulson is quite good in this um no i just like their entire uh, to be honest i never thought that i'd see a movie that is split pretty 50 50 between a cult movie and a after the cult movie when people are just sitting around talking about their experiences and the cult bit would be the solo part (laughs) <laughs> and the other bit is just so overdone. Yeah. Like, I, not, I, I, sorry, I misspoke there. It's not incredibly overdone. It's yeah. not hitting you over the head. It's not melodramatic. But compared to yeah, the quality yeah. of the other part, it's similar to the, the effect that Girl Walks Home Alone at Night had is that there's two parts in this movie that is pretty much 50-50. Uh, one part is more interesting, but 
this movie hangs a little bit better than Girl Walks Home Alone at night. Yeah. Because the part of the lake is still interesting. It's just that the choices of the characters in it as well. I think that Hugh Dancy gives a terrible performance. Even I though think I it's, love a, him. it's a terrible performance. And like he's saddled with it. It's a terrible character. Script, yeah. yeah. That's because for me, I, I think that um, I agree with you that the uh, I actually wrote that down as well. That the, it is funny that the cult stuff ends up. It is it is more subtly and much more maturely handled than this is. And like the the kind of like clumsy juxtaposition he's doing between the two places, but for me it worked because I believed in their stilted relationship. But he is the one weak link that tot that brings down that side of the film because like and it's completely encapsulated in just that one dinner scene where you know it, it, like as he's just playing like the 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 like you know establishment douche basically and you know and and like looking at her kind of being like you know as she's saying like why you know why do we need a career and as if like you know he's never encountered you know like communism a, a communism or, <laughs> or a teenager hip, or the hippies red. or whatever or, or even like a teenager yeah. the, the the red the, mar- the uh, yeah, communist like, manifesto you know just, and he's just like completely baffled by this it's like you know there's no human that lives in a bubble that you know it, but even the the what you were saying about the the metaphor like even the house and everything else is just hit over the head too much i think that a house by the lake would have been or even more creepy you know yeah if it was smaller kind of cabin kind kind of thing that they're doing very well for themselves yeah but they're not filthy rich with a boat and all this because it gets it makes it so obvious you know yeah. like it's a good too far. Alle- it's yeah. too far in the other direction a good a- a- allegory is when you sit down and you realize that allegory? it's an a- sorry, allegory <laughs> uh, a good one of those are, are the ones that you just realize that they are in an allegory after you uh, watch the movie and you start thinking back on it yeah but in this case is as soon as they showed up i was like oh this is gonna be 45 minutes at least uh getting this <laughs> point hit him the head and i like sarah paulson as an actress mm. um to the extent that i don't think she ever did a bad job on any role yeah and she has the ability of being very good but depending of where who's acting next to them yeah to her is that she's a very good actress uh, in the actor sorry in the sense that she uh, is very technically gifted but when you're matching somebody that is as natural as elizabeth olsen is in this movie yeah you feel the disconnect and parts of it it works because elizabeth olsen is just raw and uh, yeah they they are supposed to have that stilted relationship so it's kind of and the opposite that one is very she's planning what to say and what to do yeah and the other is just going off shoot off script just being you know but I think that the scene, the bigger scenes that they have, it doesn't work because at the moment that her character is meant to uh, go past that facade and meet Elizabeth Olsen head on, yeah, you notice the the acting, and it's not bad acting. It's just uh, yeah, it's when it's up against yeah, yeah, like I mean. It's like Brando in any of the old movies is that he's playing in a different style than anybody else. Yeah. So if you see uh, uh, on the waterfront, there's no other bad performances, but they look bad because yeah. you're meeting this like realistic character and you're doing a Hollywood performance on the other yeah. side. But see, it's that, a very good Hollywood performance. That has to be one of the reasons as well why 
Well, well, there's many reasons why I think the cult aspect of it works better, but I think as well that Elizabeth Olsen is very much matched by John Hawks, not just him, but by um, the other uh, Zoe. Yeah. Um, like she, she's fantastic. Like that for me. I know what you were saying about um, uh, John Hawks and and kind of you know not really understanding why. Like for me, what's more interesting about the cult is not just him as the kind of Charles Manson or whatever. Um, but how the women become the indoctrinators and how you see what happens to... And that's why the character of Zoe is so important and why like that performance is so brilliant because you kind of see what happened to um, Martha through her doing it to other people. Well, but so that's it's kind of the, the, the... But that's the thing where any good cult movie or not cult movie in the sense of a like, <laughs> movies movie about, about cults. cults yes <laughs> is, make that distinction is that they show how the indoctrinated create more indoctrinated people because it's only like those poor on the nose kind of charles manson tv biographies that is like that the dude is doing all the work himself just getting everybody in the cult and i don't think that it's that different to other things you know i don't think it's that different i'm not saying that it's just that i think it's it's very it's just it's like i think it's just it's so well executed that it not that it feels so different or or revolutionary or whatever but it's like if you're watching any genre film when it's been done well it's quite powerful with the exception of the singing scene and the scene in the in the bathroom yeah i disagree with you Really? Those, those two scenes are very, very special in the sense is like it really gets the point across in the complex psychology of both characters playing against each other with just two camera setups. Yeah. The scene when they're shooting the gun, you know exactly where it's going. That she's going to refuse to shoot and your man that is hanging back is going to shoot the cat. And that's yeah. it. Well, the scene in the bathroom, you think that he's going to be physically abusive to her, but he doesn't. And then at the end, they have this really tender moment, obviously. Not tender, <laughs> but, you know, like for, for on that. On the scale. <laughs> on the scale. And it beats your expectations that way of how you feel towards the scene. Because you go like, oh, at least she's like calming down because you care about the, the Martha character. Yeah. But then you're like, yeah, she's calming down but because he's getting more control over her. Yeah. And that's the the jigsaw of psychology that I thought that the movie was going to carry on. By nature of the movie and having the split timeline, you don't have the time to develop one side or the other that well. Because each one has enough material for a feature film themselves. Mm. I'm saying that because you don't have the time <clears throat> to do it, you have to use that time more wisely. Yeah. I agree with you too. Not exactly, but um, like I agree with you that there are are flaws. I just, I, to me, they weren't. Not they weren't as big, but they weren't as extensive, I guess, as they are for you. And like for me, it kind of it overcomes them. Uh, yeah, I'm quite bothered by Hugh Dancy though. <laughs> oh yeah, like it's a terrible like. There's a couple moments that you go, oh, that's a good... He's a great actor. Like yeah. the, the problem yeah. is that like, he's not... I don't think he's the kind of actor that can go beyond a shitty script. 
Not that the entire script is shit. I don't but... know. I, like, there's, it's so, f- it's funny because I thought a lot about performances in this and, and that I think that this film would never have worked as well um, without Elizabeth Olsen. But as well, for a movie that a lot of it has very little dialogue and the dialogue that is there is quite powerful, for the small amount of dialogue that he has given, it is just, it feels so out of place. And you it, it's... Know, if you needed a British and uh, a somebody to play Elizabeth Olsen's character, yeah, sorry, not Elizabeth Olsen's character, Sarah Paulson's character, the whole movie I was sitting going there, Michelle Williams should be the sister. Oh, their that's funny because I thought match, of um, and they look very much the same. I would, yeah, I thought a lot of uh, Michelle Williams. F- like uh like for elizabeth olsen like they they have a similar no, but like she's too old for that role. yeah obviously but like they and she she is like a young michelle williams yeah but at the same time is that michelle williams can do the oh, i'm in society kind of thing but it, it, i think would have been more interesting or even like not to completely recast the movie but (laughs) sure fuck it we're here now i think that Hugh dancing more than anything is the script there's nobody that could come in only if you were somebody that like even benedict cumberbatch like if you're gonna the problem with this was that Hugh dancing has a really lovely face and if you're gonna play smarmy though like i he can do it like i yeah, i think it's, that it's as well so in the, in and the to be to be fair to him i think um the one scene where it's almost it's vaguely pulled off is when they're on the speedboat together yeah um like that is the best scene that he is in and well like it's a, the only scene that the character actually has character the fact yeah. that he just keeps drinking beer and he like there's a weird sexual tension between the two of them yeah but, like, not followed through with, which I was glad. Yeah, and but I think it's just the, the director playing with the idea of the audience that you think that even though it's not mentioned whatsoever and the actors are not playing it, yeah, it's just uh, because everything that you show in a film is a decision. Yeah, that if you're showing a married character and hanging uh, out with the young uh, sister. Yeah. That you you would think the first thing is like oh there's gonna be something yeah. they are gonna touch hands and it, or... it lingers as well and like even like oh this is a film of an awful lot of very long lingering wide shots and that shot where they're just sitting and she drinks a beer and then he, you know and then she goes swimming like it you know that's a long little sequence there yeah and it's just held lo- for longer than you know enough for you to think that and enough for you to question it I think but... his his best moment in the movie. Cute dancing. Yeah, is when uh, Sarah Paulson overcooks the dinner. Uh, they just laugh. Yeah. That it, oh, is this not good? And he, because of his position in society, is like, no, it's quite all right. Yeah. With his like Brexit. Well, it's accent. just it's just because he's British. It's only no, to do with this. He's a Brexiteer. Like, <laughs> like. Oh God. And I I told you I wasn't gonna be political. Um. <laughs> We can never get away from it. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's too much today. Isn't it? <laughs> These days, it's impossible. Um, but, and there was a good scene to, to, and I really liked the scene as well when, um, 
when she goes crazy in the party and he gives her pills to calm down. Yeah. Well, because an... it, it felt human, even though yeah. you think, oh, don't give her pills, but it is the right thing to do. Well, you think as well that because, I mean, the first thing really that like you see Sarah Paulson say to her is like, oh, what do you think of the house? Here's pictures of our, you know, it, it's, you know, like they're, they're pretty playing up the whole like... And I'm like, that's a very nice camera that you're holding uh, Yeah. <laughs> You mm. probably have it in auto. But, uh, <laughs> flash in daylight. Um, but uh, so you think whenever they're having this party where you know it's it's oh, it's awful. They have a barman. You know it's it's they're, they're playing like jazz light, like the La La Land kind uh, of party. You know, like it, it's it's just awful. And you you think that they're going to kind of sort of shove her off and. You know, like you feel like they're just going to be like, oh, what what does this look like? What does this look like to our friends or whatever? But you see the genuine concern yeah. of and it's like that whole um, that whole um, scene as well when they're actually in the bedroom and he runs and everything. And like when she falls and it's like a really slow fade, yeah. like when she's falling back onto the bed and it's like, you know, almost like the darkness creeping in on her head or whatever. Like it's like that whole thing is and then whenever she wakes up um like the it's just i think it's really nicely done and i also like the 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 scene after that it it, it, like thinking about it it's just the middle part like like he's really terrible but it leaves such a bad taste in your mouth yeah because afterwards when he's talking about getting a place to put martha in is the right decision it's like yeah as long as they don't just put her in the 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 first place that they find Uh, just to get rid of her because they can't help her, even if they were more caring. Yeah. They don't have the, the know-how or the skill to... Yeah, there's no... She's in a position that love alone can't yeah. heal, you know? Even for the fact when they're having a good conversation and she's like, oh, I'm a teacher and a leader. And it's yeah, gone. she has to switch and go, what does that mean? You know, like she... The, the, you, that's what I liked about it. But then it I, I got pissed off when they called back to it. It's like, I don't need that. Yeah. I don't need John Hawk saying... Yeah, I knew yeah. already that where that she, came from, yeah. yeah. And then it's just a waste of a line. And when you have forty-five minutes to do it, so <laughs> it just becomes budget, an accumulation budget. of that. Um, like what I think is really, really interesting about her performance is that she's managing to do an awful lot of things at once for a character that is given not like not no real backstory and 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 you know you're only seeing very small fragments of of what her actual like you know who is Martha really so you know and the whole idea of like the the fracturedness of her personality and the many names and all that kind of stuff but it's interesting how she is she's you know vulnerable uh, and obviously like really magnetic on screen but also you know manipulative and powerful to a certain extent like she is incredibly damaged and delicate but she she's doing so many different things at once which i think is quite like for because i think this is her first main role isn't it? it is yeah it's yeah. her main performance debut uh, yeah i agree that it's a great performance yeah but again the script kind of lets her down a bit particularly the part of when she enters she enters the cult at no point i felt that she was weak enough to the way that they describe her afterwards because in the beginning i couldn't understand why she would be in the cult because it was the feeling of belonging yeah and then uh the end 
not the end, like the final third of the movie. That it comes about how her mother died and then her sister was in college, so she didn't come back and help, etc., etc. But also that nobody trusted her or nobody tried to make her excel. And I don't think that that is true to the character that Elizabeth Olsen has portrayed on screen. I think it's one of the cases of a script that was overwritten because you didn't think that the actor would be able to convey enough emotion. Yeah. And then when you get to shoot it, you shot the script. Yeah. And the scene kind Despite of... Despite having Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> yeah, because like that bit, the way that her eyes light up when they, they make her uh, guide your one... Uh, yeah she's been given a task yeah that's enough i'm like she's never had responsibility yeah and then half an hour later it's like a 10 minute conversation about how exactly didn't get it's like i don't need that spelled out to me especially like i keep saying that you have limited time on both sides yeah don't Uh, waste it (laughs) yeah because there's so much more to uncover there and i think that a lot of it is spent on the surface issues when because of the performances and the cinematic style of the movie. Yeah. That it carries that across without needing to be spelled out. So if you needed something spelled out, it would be something deeper lying down besides the the capitalism versus uh, <laughs> communism and the extremes and how yeah. you, everybody is really in a cult. But if you're in a cult, you're, <laughs> oh, it's money is a cult and religion is a cult and a cult a career, is a cult. Having a career is a cult. Making uh, a film podcast is a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our cult. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I suppose we talked about... Um, the uh, the other very divisive thing of the ending, which you've kind of talked about a little bit, so I, I feel like I kind of know your uh, your take on no, it. No, I but, really uh, like the ending. Yeah, like uh, the ending in itself. I think that the issue was that he planted the the idea of a thriller ending, so then you're just like, oh, he's just subverting. Nothing is gonna happen when yeah. things start not to happen. You know, when the car shows up and she smashes the window, and there's no repercussion. When your mind is at the bar. There's no repercussion. Then he gets in and it's like, oh, like he's going to cut to black when somebody shows up. Mm. Didn't think that it would be like the Hugh Dancy nearly runs over somebody and then they start getting followed. I thought that maybe they were getting in the car and there would be like somebody in the driveway. Yeah, or, we were going to have a nocturnal yeah. animals type situation. Well, I haven't seen nocturnal animals. So Sorry. <laughs> but it, it was more in the sense that I knew what it, it became obvious what the filmmaker was trying to do, which in most of the movie, that wasn't the case. Yeah. But in a good way, because the movie is meant to be kind of vague and inside somebody's head. Somebody wants I think it's in the Roger Ebert review that I, I, I read it ages ago, like when they came out and it just yeah. stuck in my head, uh, is the idea that a flashbacks in a great movie don't have a payoff. They're just part of the idea of the movie. Yeah. And I think that it was like an um, interesting pick coming from the back of uh, uh, Wake and Fright. Yeah. It is a movie that really got me to feel really uncomfortable about things that in this movie are <laughs> way worse, like sexual politics and sexual harassment and sexual violence. Yeah. But I felt much worse watching two guys drinking a beer. I weirdly realized how Waking Fright is about a cult in itself, like how the <laughs> beer drinking cult of Australia. 
It, like it, per it, um, per Sean Durkin getting compared to Wake and Fright. <laughs> no, it's in the, the. No, I know what you mean. The yeah. the actual culture. Yeah. In, in Yaba yeah, is like a yeah. cult in itself. And I didn't think of that that way. So I think it was an interesting pick afterwards because they, <laughs> there was a lot of uh, things that called back to each other, I think. Yeah. Um, well, I think as well, like obviously there are comparisons here. Like we've done Dogtooth, we've done Mustang, which are, you know, they're not of like that this is necessarily people being trapped, but people kind of being like indoctrinated into like, in certain societies and within like certain worlds. And or even sexuality, that all yeah. of these women are virgins, so they don't understand what uh, a normal sex uh, yeah. scene is. The, yeah, but, but at the same time, yeah, like it's was like it's interesting to compare that to say like in Dog Tooth, where they have no concept of sexuality whatsoever, and obviously like these are girls that are they've you know they're damaged, but they've grown up with normal ish we can assume for Elizabeth Olsen, you know, ideas of what sex, you know, like, so they, they know it's wrong, but at the same time, by the time it happens and it's all so muddled by the fact that they are drugged and they are being constantly told yeah, by these roofies, kind of, um, I'm not sure is. what they or give like them. Or like a but, sleeping um, pill so they won't fly back or something. Uh, or maybe uh, even Viagra, but I like that I it is know. left uh, uh, ambiguous. Yeah, but I think it's interesting then that that the kind of mother, um, like it's not just sort of playing off the um, obviously this is a very like that cult thing as well, but um, it's not just that he's the father figure and also like you know they're they're also like in love with him or whatever, but they they you know that that each one that's training the young girl is like this sort of creepy mother figure as well that and as well like a sister and how it's like you know this happens to all of us we all you know like we all we've all done it and uh, you know like i i I liked how that was handled I thought that was quite um I think that the film also has a very very strong start that is better than the rest of the movie. Yeah, the opening um, is really good. Yeah, and it's so economical. The straight away from the there's no dialogue for like five minutes. Yeah, and even just him, John Hawks sitting there watching people eat. Yeah, he commands that table not just for his position, but the way that he's judging everybody very subtly how they eat, and then how they're shown eating after them that they're only allowed to eat after the men. Yeah. And then how they're sleeping. But it's not, it's not commented upon. They just do it. It's like. Yeah. And, and, then, and in a weird kind of like happy, simple routine of, oh, we eat now, you know, like. Yeah. The, the, this is how we do things here. Yeah. And it's very economical because you get your bearings on this society because each cult is slightly different from the next. And you get this uh, pastiche not pastiche, you get this overview of the situation in like six shots. Yeah. And it's very, very well done. And my other problem with the movie, it's its visual style that at moments it really, really works. Yeah. And at others, it is very bad in my view. I think that the decision of like even the color correction that they have in the movie. Yeah. It just destroys the image already being a digital image from six years ago are you talking about the scene when they're uh i think it's never he's cooking the fish that's no, like throughout the entire like that that is quite dark when you can tell yeah. that they shot about four o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> but i think it was one of those things that is in the script it said evening and yeah 
everybody's like obviously, it has to be evening kind yeah, of thing and that but, this has been shot on a very small budget as well obviously but um but in other parts it is very like the color palette is distracting and i don't mind grimy as the thing is that it, it, the the image is slightly crushed on in post-production yeah that the blacks or the shadows are too dark kind of thing it's yeah. not overly done but it's noticeable enough to notice that they didn't do it on camera yeah and then over process the the film well in the it's background. noticeable as well whenever you're comparing it to any of those daytime shots that are really yeah. really like bright crisp. and strong yeah and or even daytime indoor shots as well and it ruins some amazing shots when she is like facing the camera when she sees the car the first time yeah it's a shot that remind me a lot of that scene in uh 12 years a slave i have a, i have erased that movie from my that memory I, I planted the seed in, in the podcast i had to pronounce his name yeah chitwell ejiofor chitwell ejiofor chitwell ejiofor that he's just facing the camera and the camera moves around a bit yeah and there's a scene in this movie that that happens and then she sees the car not that I have a, not that I'm angry about the payoff. It's just that the image there is very yeah. distracting. That the background is kind of muddled in the middle, and usually I don't get into like the technicality of movie making like I am here. Yeah, but it's just too noticeable. Yeah, I agree with you because like there are certain shots where I definitely noticed it, but I don't think that. If you weren't, if it was, if it's the kind of thing that you don't pick up on, I don't think that you would, in the way that, like, if something's really blatant, even someone who has no concept of it will will notice that something's wrong. I don't think that's the case here. I well, don't think not it's, specifically, but it, yeah. there, it, it's a film that is very, very well shot, but I don't think anybody would say that because of the way, like, if you don't know that it was done in post-production or yeah. on camera... That you think that the movie was somehow didn't look all, as good as it could have been. Yeah. That's the thing is that it's the first time that we've really discussed the, the actual movie making. Movie making. Well. Yeah, like as in as a criticism rather than just go, oh, I love the lenses <laughs> or whatever, you know? Yeah. And it is because it is the, the first time in any of the films that I noticed something that it took me away from the movie. Yeah. Because it was there. Because That's not the first time that's happened, though, where something well, like it, <clears throat> I think the maybe, has been distracting, like, definitely. Well, I think I'm it, sorry, Michael Mann. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's well done. You might disagree on the, the reason for it being there. Yeah, okay. They're well-executed dramatic zooms, then. Yeah, but like, it's <clears> the <throat> 80s. Like, <laughs> like, and this has zooms that I feel like, uh, which I quite like, this really long zoom from a Yeah, well, shot. yeah, they're, they're very slow-moving. Like, especially that scene whenever she's on the phone, whenever she calls, and then you get that flashback. Um, that, that scene is fantastic. Cause it's just, that shot, cause it's just the slow-moving. And, like, when the, the, the phone rings again and everything, like, that's quite... um quite tense the ending made me uh, reminded me of texas chainsaw massacre oh oh that's interesting yeah when she's kind of like looking back and he's there on the road behind her yeah yeah uh, but without a chainsaw obviously, obviously. <laughs> uh, because it's not texas it's uh state new york it's 
I love that as well. Whenever um, she's like, uh, he's like, where has she been? And uh, Sarah Paulson's like, oh, I think she was in the Catskills. And he's like, what? Yeah, but they're, they're, and I was like, what's so being, wrong about the Catskills? Like, people it, go hiking in the Catskills. But it's also like the most British man that probably only met, like only saw that lake where he has a house yeah. and the building that he has. Because living in New York, <laughs> he ha- still sounds... <coughs> even more douchey than Piers Morgan because I've seen interviews <laughs> with Hugh Dancy he's mm. like thinking about it he might have called but and the th- the problem that I have is that he does the reasonable thing is that yeah. if you put yourself in that position as not somebody that how knows would, yeah Martha, how would you react yeah he does what anybody would do yeah you would go she's insane she shouldn't be here but he's so douchey about it yeah that I'm like, you're in the right, man. You don't need to be a dick. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I only get three weeks of holidays. I'm on. <laughs> yeah, and you just go like, it's not that you don't need the stress. It's that she do- shouldn't be unsupervised. Yeah. And you got that point first, and then you just go, yeah, but I have... <laughs> like oh fuck you being a bad architect and bring it this and it's, it's but the it, bank's gonna seize his building Ricardo yeah and it's like that that kind of just like plot point just that I, that you think that putting one line in your script is gonna build character yeah there is the same problem that I had with the relationship between uh, Martha and her sister yeah the the bits when they're not talking about their past and spelling it out to the audience yeah. are the most interesting ones because I could get the the, the yeah, exact yeah. You uh, buy it. Yeah. dynamic that they have. <coughs> and it's like, okay, she's successful and she's not. So obviously she's older. So she became successful before uh, yeah. Martha came of age because she joined the cult at 18. She didn't go to college. Etc. She the cult at 18. <laughs> got Martha's schedule. Like it sounds oh. like a shitty Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> Uh, well <laughs> what was your favorite thing about the movie uh, Elizabeth Olsen uh, yeah. by a country mall I think I think the movie is very ambitious in what it's trying to do and it might be the case of being a first time director that he didn't trust what he was seeing in the monitor as the movie to was letter, going on yeah. yeah and it has happened like no, can I say that I haven't done that as well? Like, and obviously he has accomplished it a lot more than I have, but it's just in a critical point of view. Yeah. Um, well, that's it. It's it's, yeah. it's like any film where you can cut it slack, but at the same time, like you're not going to ignore things that you have an issue with, and like you. The thing is that I I think that he wouldn't do the same thing if he had to remake the movie. Yeah. After directing something else. Yeah. It's not the kind of mistakes that you make because you're just you don't know that, better. Yeah, it's just yeah, that you didn't trust yeah. yourself, kind of thing. Yeah. That you didn't He's, have the, like he was. He wrote and was able to execute some like of the most powerful scenes in this. That like that he has. You know that this guy has the potential to to make something that really is really really great. And also and the like collective that, that he works within is so yeah, interesting. Yeah. Like that they did like James White and uh, all these other movies that they produce each other's movies. Yeah, it's like a it's like fucking coven of bros. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like. <laughs> But interestingly enough, they have all very strong female characters. So I, yeah. I keep wondering, is like, are they all like, 
They all have like is strong it the mommies. single mom club uh, instead of the just have strong awesome mommies. Uh, or they're no, just normal people uh, that treat no. women <laughs> as humans instead of uh, a lesser thing. Yeah, just writing characters um that happen to be women well it's a strong female character why can't it be a strong character uh, uh, yes Ricardo. um <laughs> that's the thing is that elizabeth olsen is not a strong female character in this thing she's a fully formed character yeah and i think that that's what binds the movie together that i think without her uh, the flaws will become more apparent yeah i agree with you totally to be fair like she is, i've been she nitpicking yeah, but like, I mean, everything you've said, there's nothing you've said where I'm like, what? Oh my God, I don't, you know, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. And like an awful lot of these things I also have a problem with, but... Not as much as I Not yeah. as much as you have. And you are like, I totally agree that she she is the anchor of this. And I think it's interesting as well that like, she hasn't really done much Yeah, she's so underused, like Godzilla. She's unbelievable. And the Avengers. Yeah, she's, it's she's like, like in shitty Marvel ensemble pieces. It's just like... Mm. Well, no, some of them not she so was, shitty. But... She was in that really dodgy horror movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I think uh, where they were trying to capitalize on her expressive face. Yeah, one of those uh, fucking asylum... No, no. not asylum. From the guys that do, like, uh, the the conjuring and... Uh, insidious and all that and kind of crack, yeah. Uh, but the, the other thing is, like, John Hawks really can carry a movie. And I think that the, he hasn't had a great like main character role in the good movie. Even though he was nominated for an Oscar. I uh, don't have no interest in watching the movie that he was nominated for. Mm. Because it looks like Oscar bait. <laughs> oh, is that that biopic he did? Um, yeah, that he's like paraplegic or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I think it's that a lot of uh, projects that have him as a main character uh, think that he can carry a movie by himself so they become lazier around him. Yeah. Because he's such a good actor. Ever since I saw him in uh, Deadwood the, the yeah, first time. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, he is brilliant. He's one of our generation's best character actors. I yeah. think that he'd be like... He reminds me so much of Harry Dean State and the like. Uh, <laughs> I, like I can't wait for his Paris Texas. That's the thing. Like literally, if you were doing a remake of Paris Texas, yeah, you, you fucking would, get yeah. John Hawks. Like there's oh, no that's argument. Such a there. good point. I like that. Uh, what's your favorite thing besides Elizabeth Olsen? Damn, I was gonna say Elizabeth Olsen. You have to say Elizabeth Olsen. Like I mean, there are other great things in this movie, but. Okay, okay, fuck it. If I can't say Elizabeth Olsen, I'll say that fuck, that scene where he sings the song because that yeah. is that. Um, <laughs> I, in my head, when it ended, because it lasts for like it, it goes for like five seconds oh, too much. God, but it's just in my head. It's because I have like in the gathering, I had this kind of phobia for somebody pulling out a guitar, <laughs> and at the end, I was just in my head going, "Do Wonder Wall." <laughs> And the spell of the movie was broken. Yeah, that was the turning was point for you. <laughs> no, come um, on, last movie that you picked, I got over somebody slagging out, but I can't get over anything after that. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe you got that in here. What was your least favorite thing about the movie? Uh, my least favorite thing was, uh, I think it's the script more than anything. or It's kind of letting itself down. I think it's a movie that you... I think that he wrote a script that was exactly the length of the movie and had to keep everything in. Mm. 
and then there was no choice in the editing room because it'd be too small as a running length a lot of it I, I don't understand why it's in the movie and I think that you would have found in the editing suite because he's so good in other parts yeah I think that like he would have been uh, he would notice where it would have fall down you know yeah uh, and I think it was just like he was strapped, like he shot a script that was short because of the budget of the movie mm. and had no choice but to leave everything in. But it, it is remarkable with the amount of flaws that this movie has that it comes out as good as it did. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that it is a really good directorial effort. And I think he's a better director than a writer based on this. Yeah. And what is your least favorite thing, Orla? Hugh Dancy. <laughs> oh yeah, Jesus. Because it just—I mean, all those other things that I—I I agree with you, but I got over them. I can't get over Hugh Dancy. <laughs> it is, a... and as well that, especially whenever you do see that one little scene where it is almost there, and then oh, just yeah, or even even that I didn't even think of that scene that you you mentioned where she makes the the thing, and it's you know the dinner. Yeah, it's just it just lets everything down. I think, and it, yeah, but you know. He gets a bit of slack. I was going to ask you, like, um, when the movie came out, um, when did you watch it? Did you watch it on release or uh, when? I'm almost certain I saw it. I may have had it on DVD because I remember watching it, like, at home, maybe, like, the Christmas after it came out or something or... I'm, yeah, I'm not sure, but it was quite close. It would have been, like, within the year that it was released. Because I remember it whenever it came out and it got quite hyped and I remember it playing here in the AFI and that kind of thing. And I didn't see it in the cinema, but I remember seeing it not that long afterwards. I asked that because it kind of has been completely forgotten. Uh, actually, yeah. it's one of those movies that went on like my list of things to watch in the yeah. future. And I just put it off, put it off because it's like it's another cult, not cult movie, a movie about a cult. See what and, I, uh, well, like, yeah, well, what, what kills we, me is that I imagine for half the movie, my mind wandered for a second. And I was like, Doc Sportello is like investigating <laughs> the shit. And I was like, Joaquin Phoenix and Inherent Vice. And. And I, like after that movie, and like I, I think of cults as just full comedy. Nowhere near enough weed in this movie for Doc to be going anywhere near it. Well, like because um, that Doc brings the weed with him. I think though, just to go back to what you're saying there, um, I assume that you're just wondering why I, I thought of it, or no, it was just like uh, not only like why you thought of it because clearly you have an affinity for the movie. Yeah, I think as well that. Maybe I watched this during the summer because I, I I don't know this this for me this is a very like um, I was just interested in the context of your first watch because yeah. my my watch is coming like when you mentioned the movie you went uh, Martha Marlene Marcy May or like I for the life of me I've been fucking trying to pronounce Martha the Marcy May Marlene yeah it's a tongue twister remember how you said that it was an easy title <laughs> uh, because it's English names I mean well no I said the names were easy sure, I was looking to it, it, like typing to look it up like on Wikipedia or something it took me like four tries to get the, the, the thing correct but it was just the context of when you watched it yeah because my context is like oh yeah remember that movie yeah and that's 
why I feel uh, that's the issue that some Sundance movies have. Yeah. That they come out and they get like rave reviews or whatever. And then they write that the same way as La La Land did, that they yeah. write the, the festivals. And then when it gets into cinemas, the critics are just printing out the reviews that they did in the festival. And the yeah. festival screening is completely different than going to the cinema to watch something because you're sitting around yeah, with yeah, cinema yeah. lovers. And there's no, well, it's why you're seeing like 10 movies a day and you're like scribbling it down. It's not. You know what I mean? You're not kind of... Just, oh, the, I'm going to watch Martha, MMMM. Uh, <laughs> and, but my point is that you realize how the movie just faded away into being what it is, which is a good movie. When it came out, it had yeah. all this ho-ha about it, you know? Yeah, well, that happens a lot with Sundance movies, though. Yeah. Like, that's definitely why I would have watched it back then, is because... It, I remember that year that it was one of the really big, like, indie darlings. That's why I would have watched it then. And like, yeah, I don't know. It just, I, t- I'll try and like remember exactly when I originally watched it because for some reason that movie really sticks in my head. And I don't know if it's something to do with the mindset I had at the time or or something, but I don't know. It, it, it I think it as well. I find it quite evocative. Um, we didn't really talk about this. Just the kind of like um the the outdoor scenes and the kind of the nature yeah. element of it and stuff. And uh, yeah, but. I, I don't know. I need to really think about when I actually originally watched it. And um, There's something there. What was the movie that you mentioned in the in your opening statement? There was another movie that you mentioned. Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, Ten Cloverfield Lane is a better movie than this. Okay, well, but... I haven't actually seen it. I've only... So I can't, I can't comment. Okay, Orla. Um, that was Martha Marcy <laughs> May Marlene. Yes. Three names, not four, actually. Marcy May. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> didn't even get to why this is the name of the movie. But that's how we operate here. We just go around the topics. Um, but So, Ricardo, it's your pick next week. What are you picking? It happened one night. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, Orla, uh, where they can find us? They can find us on Twitter at The Rec Game or on Facebook, The Recommendation Game. They can email us at therecommendationgame at gmail.com. And you can also find this episode on the Dublin Digital Radio website. I was Ricardo Deacon. I was Orla Magnilis. And thanks for listening. See you next week.